This is the Good Things Guy podcast with myself, Brendan DeCute, South Africa's very own Good Things Guy. I'm on a mission to change what the world pays attention to. I truly believe that there's good news all around us, and I spend my time hunting down and reporting on the best good news stories from South Africa and the world. In the Good Things Guy podcast, you'll meet these everyday heroes and hear their incredible stories. You may know her best for her outspoken comments on most social media topics under the pseudonym Drama Delinquent. But Natasha Huckfield is not just about shock Twitter. She's also about helping. And she's going to give us a... She's going to give us an insight on the Good Things Guy podcast today to her kind heart and the good CV deeds that she does on a daily basis. Natasha, welcome to the studio. Hello, Brent. How are you? Yes, it's so lucky to have you on the show. <laughs> I've followed you for years. Um, I even sometimes get your tweets uh, screen grabbed and sent to <laughs> me on WhatsApp. You, you have so become my- quite famous on the, on the Twitter machine. <laughs> my mother gets them too. And that's part of the problem, hey? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you must shock your mother as well, because some of the things that you tweet, uh, it does keep South Africa entertained. So my mom calls me Socky. So whenever she calls me by my first name, I know I'm in shit and my inheritance is at stake. So, <laughs> um, We're talking about names. I need to ask, drama delinquent, where does it come from? So I actually had a previous account that was suspended um, after I think about 10 years of having that account. And it was eloquent Tash. And after that, I was like, fuck it. I'm now drama delinquent and I'm going to cause cuck because now I'm angry. (laughs) But yeah, so that's actually how it started. (laughs) Well, there's there's two strikes in. So I did tell Tash that she's allowed to swear (laughs) on the podcast as much as she wants. And she said to me pre-roll that her her mother asked her not to. So your mom's going to be very upset already. Yeah, oh shit, she is. Hey, damn. (laughs) Sorry, mom. (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. That's for that. Cash. So let's let's quickly just talk about Twitter for a section for a sec, second. Let's talk about Twitter for a second. It is it's drinking. Any, I've I've started started drinking at eight o'clock this morning. Um, I need to oh, ask. Joy. Well, it's twelve uh, o'clock somewhere in the world, eh? <laughs> so the the platform itself is incredibly powerful, right? Um, when you when you say things on social commentary or if if you say something that means something that's really powerful it has the power to change the world do you use it for that you know what the thing is is like there are so many things that I'm interested in um obviously making people laugh is is one of the things that I absolutely doing I love doing and then the other thing is I also love shocking people um you know the thing is I've always had a mouth you know black I don't even know how to explain it, where just my views, I will say whatever it is that I need to say, how I'm feeling today, how I'm feeling yesterday, tomorrow, it doesn't really matter. Um, But the thing is, is that obviously, I'm also in very, you know, I've got a very strong um, passion for anti-racism. And that is, it's actually one of the driving things, um, you know, that has been a part of my life for a long, long time. So while I like to get under people's skin, um, Twitter is extremely powerful. And I've actually noticed that as my account has grown, um, that, you know, people just, and, and, and you, you know what I feel is like, people feel like they know you as well. You know what I mean? Like I get like a lot of people that actually think that they're a part of my life, um, you know, because I am so open and I am so blase about things. So yeah, um, Twitter, Twitter can be a very powerful tool 
and it's also a very toxic tool at the same time. Well, we know, we all know, we've seen that toxic t- side of Twitter. So I, I'm sorry to do this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pop a bubble that I'm sure many yeah. of your followers uh, are gonna, are gonna cringe. But Tash has got one of the biggest hearts, and I, I, I got lambasted on Twitter for whatever reason. I fell into that toxic side of Twitter, and there. The drama delinquent came into the DMs. She slid in and she just <laughs> said, Boyki, are you okay? Is everything yeah. all right? Yeah. So this, this hard ass, as we can call her, who likes to shock people, has actually got such a soft side and such a big heart. And that's really why I've got you on the show today, right? That's, I do. I really do have a soft heart. That, that's a side. You know, the thing is, is that the, I don't really care if people know that. There are... You know, if, if people are interested in figuring that out about me, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I, I actually do have a really, really soft heart and I really care a lot about people. So yeah, here we are. Yeah, we are. So now and you burst my bubble. Now everybody's going to know. Now they know. Now they know the truth, but I'm glad that they know. Because it, lead, it leads us into this incredible project that you started. So we all know South Africa has got a huge problem with unemployment. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's so scary to see how many people in our country are just not able to get jobs. But on top of that, there are people who are, who are perhaps have the skills and, and there are jobs available for them, but their CVs are just not up to scratch. It's one of the worst things that they don't teach us in school. Or one of the worst things about school is they don't teach us how to make proper CVs, how to make them really beautiful. Yeah. And you have started this project. I don't know if it's you or your daughter. We have to speak about that. But you've started this project <laughs> where you're helping people with their CVs. Well, basically, it's actually so. So she's actually standing here next to me and I have to give her kudos as well. Um, so I decided, and this is where the swearing is going to come in a little bit. So sorry, mom, I do apologize, but this is what happened. Um, last year, I actually saw an HR manager put out a tweet that what she does with CVs that are not up to her standard, um, she tosses them in the bin. So obviously file 13s them. And I looked at this and I was like, fuck you, fuck you to hell. This is your job to find people Um, positions and you are literally exposing the fact that this is what some HR people actually do and I just found that that was such in bad taste you know if you take an IT person if you take a blue collar worker their job is not to do a CV that is not what they are good at they are good at their actual job and I thought somehow I've got to help I come from a, a you know a very um long recruitment background I have 10 years recruitment experience Um, And I mean, I was just sitting at home. I am a life coach and I have been doing coaching and things like that. But I thought, how can I help? How can I help people actually get to the point where HR managers are not tossing their CVs? So we actually started this in, um, I think it was like the last week of June. We had like five CVs and my youngest daughter, Hannah and I, yo, we were so excited. They made like 500 rand. Um, And then the next month we were up to, Sure, I think it was about 107 CVs or something like that. And it's just progressively grown um, from there. And and when I say, you know, it was actually by my 16-year-old and I on our own. And then, funny enough, and I mean, I don't know if people know this, but I ended up having to bring in my eldest daughter as well as my son. So everybody's CVs that get done in this, you know, by by eloquent recruitment are actually done by my family. Um, So we sit here all day typing CVs. 
this month alone in February, we are actually on 300 CVs already. So this, this is the response that we've received from, you know, obviously people needing help with their CVs. Well, then, then shout out to all three of your kids because they're making a huge difference. Um, and one of, one of the most important things that you said there that I think is so powerful is how can I help you? If more South Africans were asking, if more people in the world were asking that question, I think the world would be a better place. But let's Completely get to this. Agree. So we talk, yeah. about, we talk about help now. How many people have you helped get jobs uh, now that you've, you've sort of helped them with their CVs? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I get, um, you know, obviously tagged in, in people's tweets where they do their recommendations of my work. Um, I get DMs from people all the time. I mean, I've had people say to me they haven't had interviews in years and they've actually gotten interviews from the CV that, I, that, that, you know, that we've redone for them. So I haven't actually done a, you know, I mean, we've only been in, in existence basically for about seven, eight months. So we haven't done a, done a full review of how many people, you know, obviously that we have helped. But I mean, we, I think we've done probably 2,000, 2,200 CVs over the last few months. Um, and the, you know, the response with people being helped has just been something else. I mean, my, my heart literally just skips a beat every time I see an email or a DM or a tweet saying, thank you so much. And I do it specifically for, you know, for, for, for exactly that reason. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Unemployment is a huge crisis. And if a CV is what is stopping people from actually getting a foot in the door, I'm happy to help. Tash, I love that. I, I, so at school, they teach you the basics of a CV, right? You need your name. You need. Okay, no, no, wait, wait, Brent. What, wait, Brent. Let, let's just let's just like clarify here, right? You probably learned that in school because you're way younger than me. I'm older. Eh? We didn't learn this shit in school. They they didn't teach you to do CVs. Do you know when I matriculated? I'm, are you going to give away your age and you're going to burst more uh, bubbles? But let's go. Do you think I care? I matriculated in 1993. <laughs> and and you're telling me that matriculation in 1993 learning to do a cv was not part of your basic schooling nope we didn't That's... have things like life orientation i didn't even have to do math can i explain to you why tell me tell us because i'm a girl mm. we didn't even have to do math so you know i mean schooling has changed but but for me so i matriculated i'm not gonna t- I'm, I'm i'm only 29 that's what i tell everybody on the internet so we're gonna stay with that we're gonna stay with that <laughs> But I, I learned how to do a basic CV. And, and the basic CV yeah. was like name, um, sort of your schooling, if you went to university, and then, and then sort of your job, your job description. But that's not enough on a CV nowadays, is it? No, no, definitely not. And the thing is, is that I actually find one of the things, and I mean, like, I'm, I'm very hard to cut, and I'm also you know, kind of like set in my ways. So the, fa- the, the, the thing that I get a lot of the time is people say to me, why do you structure your CV in the format that you do? And my, my response is because I know what I'm doing. And I should probably expand on that sometimes. But yeah, my, my format is different. Um, it is simple. It is clear. Um, and the thing is, it's, yeah, as I say, I mean, I've, I format it so that the summary is at the top. And this is what people one of the things that people actually forget to do. So I, I actually coach people on interview techniques. Um, I do career coaching as well. And obviously the life coaching. And one of the things that I actually say to people is with your CV, this is your space to brag. 
this is the one place that you have bragging rights. So why don't you brag about your accomplishments, about the things that you've done? Um, and I find that the minute I open up that space with people, out comes all the achievements, out comes all of the things that they, they inevitably would have left out. Um, and then they focus on things normally, um, you know, people will come, you know, I'm hardworking and I'm, you know, committed and I'm dedicated. So what? Everyone is. You know what I mean? How do you quantify that? So the change comes in as you, you actually, uh, actually ignore all of the soft skills and everything is about hard skills, sk skills that can be quantified, skills that can be verified, um, obviously by the experience and by the information that goes into their CV. So that, that, that's a huge thing. You know, a lot of people want to put all their personal details on the top. Don't, don't, it's not, who cares? Who cares how old you are? Who cares where you were born? None of that actually matters. That goes all the way down to the bottom. Your summary, your professional summary and your professional skills is a snapshot of what you do. Um, and that's what I focus on. So when, when working on these CVs, it sounds like it's, it's very intricate. You're going to have to sit with a person and, and physically understand um, what they're good at. I mean, how self-aware they are of themselves. Of, of what their skills are. Does it, is it quite complex to, to sort of get to know someone and then have to take that and put it down onto paper? So the thing is, is that, um, right. So right in the beginning, there was no business plan. There was no idea of how we were going to structure this. It was literally just based off of my experience and the information that I know that I need to put a CV together. So we actually have a, um, almost like an intro email when people request for their CVs to be revamped, which I then pop off to, to each person, which explains exactly what it is that I need and in the format in which I need it. Then basically I send the, the um, CVs off to the three kids to type up. So they, we, we call it info dumping. Um, they will put all the information onto the CV, obviously onto our format and then they will uh, request further information because they know what I'm looking for. Then from that, all of the information, obviously the CV comes back to me. And from that, I then put together a professional summary. If there isn't one, um, we, I hunt for the professional skills if there aren't any. And that, and that means me basically Googling a person's um, job title and then finding the correct professional skills to basically put into the CV. Because obviously, remember, um, how recruiters and employers are working now is they use a system called ATS, which is Applicant Tracking Systems. So a recruiter, when they put a job spec out, they will put in non-negotiable parameters that, that they are looking for. Um, and then the CVs, if those words don't reflect, if they don't sort of like match up, CVs go to the bottom of the pile. They won't even get seen by, a, you know what I mean, by, by a person. Um, so yeah, so there is a lot of research that goes into um, a CV before I send it back. Okay, so so now, yes, now I'm going to say this. This <laughs> sounds very expensive, eh? It's not, not for me anyway. You're, but I mean, someone someone's going to pay something. Yeah, they do. So the thing is, so my price points are. I did research um, where when the, I think it was about a month or so after this all blew up um, and I started doing research and I thought, okay, how am I going to, again, this, how can I help people? Um, and I saw that, yo, there are some places that are charging. I think the one place charges 295 Rand for an entry level CV. Now an entry level CV is somebody that has one to two years experience. How are you going to charge them 295 Rand for mm. what, mm. for what? 
these people probably have like a one and a one and a half page CV, if that. So yeah, so my price points are based on the current length of a person's CV. The minimum being 100 rand and the maximum being 200 rand. Sorry, that, that's what I was alluding to when I said it sounds expensive. Yeah. I already knew the price, listeners. I have it in front of yeah. me. But the reality <laughs> is, the, reality is um, the work that you're doing is a lot more intricate. And, and if you yeah. wanted to, you could charge more for the same service. But in reality, it's that how can I help I would, you attitude? And I would never, never. The thing is, is that I have a look at... And I'm going to speak about my privilege in this, in this instance, and this goes along with a lot of what, what is part of my passion, is I have a look at my situation, I have a look at my kids' situation, and the things that we are exposed to and the things that we have access to. Um, I could focus on my life coaching, and I could learn buckets of money, right? But the thing is for me is in saying that, how am I, how am I giving back for what I have earned just based purely on my skin color. And I know that that's, you know what I mean? Like it'll come out of left field. Um, <clears throat> but the reality is, is that the majority of this country, if you have a look at the 350 that people were given, you know, obviously during COVID, 350, people survive a month off of 350, will barely scrape through. And then I think to myself, charging 100 Rand for a CV or to 200 Rand for a CV is like the least that I can do. It's actually just more for my effort um, and obviously to, to pay my kids for, for the work that they do. But there's no need for somebody to actually charge any more than this. If I tell you that, I mean, we are doing this month, as I say, we were probably close to about 300 CVs. Um, take into consideration that I do cover letters as well. I do LinkedIn profiles as well. So there are extra services that I do offer. Mm. Um, but the thing is, is that a, a person like myself, a person who, um, you know, who's sitting at home doing nothing, the amount that you can actually earn off of this, you don't need to charge more. You can survive. And that's the thing. I, I don't know how to explain that any better. Um, if I, let me put it into context. If I was a single mother, I could support my children doing what I'm doing. I think, I think it's spectacular. Um, and, and when we first started chatting about the fact that, uh, that you wanted to talk to me or you wanted to talk to the Good Things Guy listeners about this project, um, for me, it's that, that can-do attitude. It's the how can I help you feeling. And it's the fact that you got off your bum and you did something. And I think in reality, there are so many people, I do talks frequently where I get up on stage and I talk about good things and, and making the world a better place and being an active citizen. And after every talk, there will always be one person, a passionate person who wants to do good, who wants to give back. And their question is how, how do I do it? And the answer, the answer is you do it. You get up yeah. and you do it. And you keep doing it every day. And that's how we make a difference. Yeah. That's one of the things that I've actually taught my kids as well, is that when they say, you know, how can I do this? I say, just start, just start, just make the conscious decision to, 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 to starting something, even if it's just a thought, it's not necessarily a physical thing. It's not an actual thing. Just that thought is a start. And from there it will snowball, mm. um, you know, but I think, I think it, you need to have that passion to want to do something um, you know, and you also need to be able to, you know, have the resources and the ability to do something, you know, I mean, I don't want to, to make, <clears throat> make it seem like every single person can just do what I'm doing. If it wasn't for my husband and the fact that, you know, he does financially support us, I'm not sure how I could have started this. 
um, where I am today, yes, I could support my family, um, if that makes sense. But there, there was that sort of like, you know, um, uh, safety net of my husband, um, you know, having a permanent job. So which, which hundreds and thousands and millions of people, they do not have that. You know, that, I mean, that's just being cognizant of the, the disparity in our country. And I think that's an important yeah. point. Um, Dash, I want to thank you for joining me today and for, uh, for all that you do. But I think the real, the real people we need to thank here are your three kids who are, are breaking child labor laws. <laughs> and, and no, they're all, about, they're all above 16. They're all above, they're allowed to work. Uh, well, there we go. No, no child labor laws, but they're doing, no. they're doing good and helping as well. And I, I love the fact that they, they're rolling up their sleeves and getting their hands dirty. They do. They do. And it's a full-time job, hey? Mm. It's a full-time job. Well, thank so you. So the youngest, yeah, the youngest, I must actually just tell you, she, she does this in between school. Um, so she's, yeah, they're the older two. They are at their time for to you know to work. But my youngest, yeah, she she juggles school and and work. And yeah, all of them are absolutely amazing. But thank you so much, Brent. I really appreciate the time that you spent with me. Hey. Ah, thanks, thanks, all the Huckfields. Um, and sorry to mom for all the swear words. Uh, <laughs> they weren't that it, many. <laughs> it, it is about the good news, and I think the good news here is that you're helping people. And for all of the listeners, I think that's that's what you need to take from this: a call to action that uh, yeah. you can help each other. Perhaps the first starting point uh, is asking, "How can I help you?" That's it. Wishing you only good things. And for more good things, visit www.goodthingsguy.com. Okay? Love you. Bye.